The Tiger Tamer Who Went to Sea from History Extra charts the life of a remarkable Victorian, Britain's original long-distance wheelbarrow pedestrian. New episodes are out every Thursday or listen to the whole series immediately ad-free by subscribing to History Extra Plus on Apple Podcasts or listening on historyextra.com. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, member FDIC. Terms apply. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. On the 20th of July, 1969, American astronaut Neil Armstrong famously took one giant leap for mankind. The moon landing may well be the most iconic moment of the 20th century, but did it even happen at all? Might NASA and the US government have been so desperate to overtake the Soviets in the space race that they faked the entire thing? Welcome to the fifth episode of Conspiracy from History Extra. I'm Rob Attar, and today we're going to be delving into one of the most persistent conspiracy theories of the modern era, that the moon landing took place in a studio rather than on the moon. My expert for this episode is Francis French, an author and journalist who specialises in the history of spaceflight, and who's interviewed many of the leading figures of the space race era. Today we're discussing the conspiracy theory that says that NASA faked the moon landings of the late 1960s and early 1970s. When did this theory begin? How closely to the actual events? There were some people who started talking about it even as the moon landings were happening, um, but it really started taking speed in the early to mid-1970s. I think that is because of the national feeling around things like Watergate. All of a sudden the government didn't seem to be able to be trusted as much as the general public did before. Plus, the moon landings were such an amazing thing that happened in four short years. Humans went to the moon, and then they were clearly not going to go back anytime soon. And people started thinking, how did we do that and not go back? So doubts began to form in general public's mind among a very select few people. So that Watergate comparison is interesting, because Watergate, obviously, is evidence that conspiracies do or, or can happen. Although, Obviously, that one was discovered. I mean, if a conspiracy had been hatched to fake a moon landing, how feasible would it be to keep something like that under wraps? 
the possibility of a moon landing hoax is zero. To begin with, hundreds of thousands of Americans worked on that program. And here we are half a century later, and there's been no credible evidence of any way of being able to fake it. It's clear that all that evidence would have come out by now. We know that from all the other conspiracies that are proven to be true in the world, we know that this stuff leaks out very, very quickly. There's no way that this could have been kept such a watertight secret for so long. And some of the evidence that conspiracy theorists put forward doesn't hold up under the smallest of scrutiny. Not only that, but the major thing about this one is the Russians were America's sworn Cold War enemy. They had the ability to track any spacecraft going to the moon. They could read the same signals coming back from the spacecraft as America could, as could many other radio dishes around the world. The whole world was watching these landings. They saw things go to the moon and land and come back. So clearly something was going to the moon. It would have been harder to have faked something landing on the moon under automated circumstances than it would have been with people in at that point. So the only way a conspiracy theory can hold up is if the Russians were in on it as well. And if you're into that kind of conspiracy theory where the Russians and America were in on a, on some kind of big conspiracy in the height of the Cold War, then we're in territory that I don't think any rational person can really um, stomach. So, yeah, the, the Soviet angle is really interesting there. I mean, they would have had a strong motivation, you'd have thought, to support these conspiracy theories. But did they give them much credence at all? Not only did the Russians uh, not support any of the conspiracy theories about America landing on the moon, they actually went as far as to celebrate America landing on the moon in muted ways. Clearly, they had lost a space race and weren't too happy about that. But they did in their encyclopedias and other places certainly champion Neil Armstrong as uh, somebody who had done a historic feat. They made sure to include him with their own achievements before, such as Sputnik, the first satellite, and Yuri Gagarin, the first person in space. So within that context of their own achievements, they were very, they were apparently quite happy to recognize that um, Apollo 11 had been a huge achievement landing people on the moon. They were clever in that they said, well, we were never la- going to land on the moon as well. We were actually trying to build space stations. They um, basically hid their own moon landing program for many, many decades. So in the way, they had their own little conspiracy going on, which having lost a race to the moon, they then pretended they'd never been in the race at all. That was a lie that came out towards the end of the fall of the Soviet Union. So there were untruths coming from the Soviet Union, to be sure, about their involvement in a space race. However, when it came to America landing on the moon, they were absolutely honest about saying, we saw it happen as well. Now, you mentioned, obviously, that this was an incredible technological achievement to land people on the moon in the late 1960s. But I guess it wasn't in any way out of step with the progress that had been made thus far. It wasn't an unfeasible leap from previous space exploration. I think one of the reasons that people want to think it was a a hoax is because it was so amazing. It's almost a compliment to NASA and Apollo that people go, this can't be possible because in 1957, people hadn't even put anything in space. It was later in that year in October that we finally saw the first satellite. How is it that 12 years later, humans were walking on the surface of the moon? That seems such a short amount of time when we look at how long it takes anything to be made and flown these days. I think the fact that it actually happened is a testament to what can happen if national will is behind something. The technology was ready, that is true, and it was a a way that it could be done, barely at the very cutting edge of what was possible with technology. It really took a huge amount of money, and that has to take a consistent national will. Now, with most governments, national will lasts about two to four years. The electoral cycle, things change over, priorities get changed. 
Somehow, a promise made by one president at the beginning of the decade was carried out by a president by the time they landed of a different party. In fact, his, his sworn enemy in, uh, in Richard Nixon was no friend of JFK. They fought for the presidential election themselves. The fact that they actually managed to do it in that time is more amazing consistency of politics and money than it is anything to do with consistency of technology. The technology, in some ways, is almost the easy part. It is an incredible part of history and so unique that I can totally understand why some people initially might go, did that even really happen? But it did. Why do conspiracy theorists think that NASA wanted to do this? What, what was in it for NASA to fake a moon landing? The reasons that NASA might have wanted to fake a moon landing if they couldn't have done it are actually quite sound. America had, under President Kennedy, promised to land a person on the moon by the end of a decade. It was a national goal. In the height of the Cold War, it would have been embarrassing if America had turned around and not done it. Now, JFK, before he died, was talking to the Soviets about maybe doing something cooperatively. It may have gone in a different direction, and Soviets and Americans may have landed on the moon together. However, JFK died before that happened, and the fact that a martyred president had made this promise suddenly gave it an extra power it never had. So if America had not landed on the moon by the end of the decade, I think it would have been nationally embarrassing and a sign of national decline at a time where America was trying to win over many countries that were wavering between communism and capitalism. So they needed to do it. If they couldn't have done it, faking it, I can see it would have made sense. The trouble is, it would have been so difficult to have hidden that with hundreds of thousands of people, plus all of these other nations being able to follow everything to the moon, that the embarrassment of being discovered would have been way worse than um, the actual faking. There is, however, a wonderful movie that I think got a lot of people thinking about this that came out in the mid-1970s, a fictional movie named Capricorn One, which is about a fake Mars landing, but it's using the same rockets and spacecraft that landed on the moon in the movie. So it's clearly a movie about a fake moon landing. It's fictional. I saw it as a kid. I thought it was wonderful fiction. I never believed it. But I think a lot of people watched that movie and thought, maybe this is a good reason to question what NASA did. There are some wonderful speeches in that movie that, even though it's fiction, perfectly capture why the general public had lost interest in moon landings after the first one and why, just for funding alone, NASA might wanted to keep success going. It's a wonderful fictional tale. So sometimes in fiction, we can see some real reasons. However, I think the line between believing fiction is one that we need to stay on the right side of. Now, there is, of course film footage of people walking on the moon. How do conspiracy theorists think that that was achieved? How do they think they, the moon landing was faked? I think it's easy to debunk any conspiracy theories about the footage of people walking on the moon being inaccurate, because all you have to do is look at an incredibly high-budget movie, 2001, by Stanley Kubrick, that was being filmed right before the moon landings, and see that our ideas of what the surface looked like were completely changed when we actually got there. The sort of spiring mountains, it didn't look like the fiction. Once we got there, it looked quite different. However, would it have been possible to fake it? I think a lot of people who are looking for a conspiracy will look at a very bright light on what looks like a gravel pit with a dark background and go, if you're going to fake something, that looks like a pretty easy studio setup to fake. It's not, though. Once you look at shows like From the Earth to the Moon, which was a, a wonderful account of the moon landings that came out in the mid-90s that, uh, as I recall, that 
had tried to cover footage of the moon landings using CGI at the time, it does it looks fake. And that's in the 90s. It was not possible in the 60s and 70s. There are things in the footage as well that are impossible to replicate on Earth. As the lunar rovers, the, the cars that are driving on the moon are driving along, they kick up dust. As people are walking, they kick up dust. And that dust goes in a perfect fantail and comes down and lands absolutely flat. There's no dust cloud. It does this perfect, it was almost like kicking some water. The water droplets come up and they land completely and they're all gone out of the air. There is no air there. You can see it in that camera and you can see that it's under a slightly lower gravity as well. So the ability to fake that would have needed technology that's not possible now. It doesn't hold up to this smallest of scrutiny. Nevertheless, conspiracy theorists will look for things. They will, they will try and find things in footage and say, look, that's fake. That's a prop. Most of these things are easily debunked. There's rocks on the surface that under certain, you look at certain photos, look like they have a marking on them. And people say, well, look, it's a prop. It's got a marking on it. That's because there's a hair on the lens when they've been redoing the pictures. You go back to the original, it's not there. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cashback on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, member FDIC. Terms apply. Now, of course, many people walked on the moon, came back to Earth, spoke about their experiences. How far have they sought to debunk this conspiracy theory themselves or have they tried to remain above it? I think the internet made a huge difference in how much these theories got spread. And I think that made a huge difference to what the Apollo astronauts had to deal with because initially it was very easy to dismiss conspiracy theories as a couple of cranks writing self-published books who had no background in the business. Essentially photocopied information doesn't really look particularly impressive. When the internet comes along and all of a sudden you've got very nice looking websites with all kinds of glossy pictures and and all of a sudden people are beginning to think, well, this looks quite slick and professional. So then, sadly, the Apollo astronauts started getting a lot more questions coming at them. Some less than reputable television stations started doing rather misleading shows where there's a question in the in the title of the show, which is never really answered, but nevertheless makes people wonder things they probably shouldn't have to wonder. Did we really land on the moon? It does have a knock-on effect in the general public. All of a sudden, I remember being at some space events where Gene Cernan, the last person to walk on the moon, when he does his Q&A, all of a sudden has to deal with somebody putting their hand up and basically telling him he would never went there. There's a more dangerous edge to this. There was one gentleman who was showing up to private houses and gated communities where astronauts lived and knocking on their door and trying to get them to swear on the Bible that they went to the moon while a camera crew followed him. And he tried to basically make some footage and sell 
copies of his doc, his documentary. This kind of came to a head at one point where Buzz Aldrin, having been called a coward and a liar to his face while being prevented from leaving a building, eventually punched one person in the face to get away. And he was actually quite right to defend himself. At that point, I think people realized this has gone too far and a lot of that went away from public. But it was a, a really sad thing that these people who were our ambassadors from humanity, who landed on the moon, who have incredible experiences, and we're very lucky to be able to hear them, had to deal with some of this stuff face-to-face and probably got quite wary of doing more things in public. So how widespread would you say this conspiracy theory is? How many people actually believe in it, do we think? I've read some polling numbers about how many people believe whether we really went to the moon or not, and it kind of fluctuates. I think I'm, I'm quite gratified to see that it's a pretty dramatic minority. I think there's about, last I read, about 20% of people in um, European and American countries who have some questions. And it is generally of the nature of, well, I saw this picture that showed a flag, or I showed this picture that showed shadows in different directions. I don't know. It probably happened, but I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. And that kind of healthy skepticism is okay, I think. it's it, why, why not question things? As soon as they go even surface deep, they get their questions answered. It's a tiny, tiny minority of people who are absolutely hell-bent on proving that it didn't happen. It's much, much less than 1%. Unfortunately, they can be quite vocal. Unfortunately, there are some elements of the media that look for a controversial story and will make will amplify a voice that maybe does not have any other way of speaking and probably isn't worth listening to. So I'm gratified to see that most people believe it. I'm understanding of people that have some questions. Why not? Let's let's question things. I'm really gratified to see that most people get their questions answered right away. And do you think there's something about the fact that this took place in the height of the Cold War that lends it to conspiracy theories? Is there a kind of Cold War paranoia over events like this? I think there might be some kind of element that it is during the height of the Cold War, because there were so many things that the governments of the world were necessarily keeping secret. No country very wisely wants to show what its latest technology is, what its latest spy plane is, what its latest missile is, because then you've given the enemy an advantage. So there were some very necessary secrets. There were some probably very necessary lies and misleading things being said. In that climate, with the exact same companies doing that, working on the space program, big aerospace contractors, absolutely, I can see why people would have some questions. There were also some military space programs, some designed for humans, mostly designed not for humans, going on at the same time that were kept secret for decades, again, for the same reasons. So there was a lot of crossover in that. I can understand why people might think that that time would have been a time where a conspiracy could have happened. I think the time is more interesting, though, in that because this happened in such a tiny sliver of humanity's entire existence, and now it's half a century and we've not been back. I think that is more why people begin to question, because we went to the moon from 1968 to 72 with people. No time at all. Very, very small amount of time. And we've not been back. And when you say it like that, I can understand people going, well, how did we do it then? How did this piece of what seems like 21st century technology get thrown into the middle of the last century happen once very quickly and perfectly, pretty much, apart from a few little things like Apollo 13, even that crew survived, it went pretty well. And then we never did it again. How come? That's a legitimate question. That's a question that a lot of people are asking why we've never been back to the moon to try and go back to the moon, because these are the kind of things that politicians and and taxpayers need to know. So I can understand 
in terms of that kind of weather, a conspiracy thought forming. If anything, it's a compliment. If anything, it shows what an amazing period of history that was and how incredible it was if they pulled it off. And what do you think historians and space experts, NASA, is there any more they could do to try to defeat this conspiracy theory or is it ultimately a fruitless task? That's a really interesting question as to whether they even should. NASA did commission a book by a very respected space expert to basically refute all the conspiracy theories. And then they pulled the funding for it because I think they basically decided they could be chasing conspiracy theories forever. Is it their job? to do that? Is it other people's job to defend them? Should we just say, come on, this is a silly question. Let's not even answer it. That's a difficult one. NASA has released some fact sheets going back to the 1970s saying this is why the conspiracy theories are not true. I think it's mostly the job of other people to do that and let NASA get on with the amazing job they're doing of now trying to go back and send more humans to the moon. They've got enough to do. They could be chasing lies forever. Otherwise, it's a difficult one. I think people do have legitimate questions on the surface level that are very easy to answer, and somebody should answer those questions, maybe not NASA, maybe other space people. Once that's done, I think there's a certain point that people are going to be looking for a conspiracy in the heart of something, and they will not rest ever with that one. And what can you do? You kind of feed them if you keep going. There's a certain point where you go, thank you, and go enjoy that. I I can't do this anymore. And that's Some of my personal experience has been that. There's a certain point where I go, we're not going to change each other's minds. Let's just leave it there. And if you were speaking to someone who had some doubts about the moon landings or didn't believe them, what what do you think the strongest evidence is that man did land on the moon? In 2009, as I recall, the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, which is an uncrewed spacecraft, was sent around the moon to map the moon. They took pictures of footprints, landing sites. The flags were still there. The tracks left by the rovers were still there. You could see trails. You can see trails. These pictures are online. There are trails across the moon made clearly by people. That would be not impossible to fake pictures, but, but come on, why are we still doing that in 2009? Why, why would we still be keeping that up? There is evidence that you can actually go and say, look, here's a picture taken recently of the surface of the moon, and you can see that. The landing sites, or most of them have mirrors set up there too, that they could ping lasers from Earth back and forward and see how far the moon is coming closer to us or moving away. You can very accurately measure the distance of the moon. The mirrors are there. That's unequivocal. They are tracked by people around all around the world, not just America. Somebody put those mirrors there. Now, they could have been landed by an uncrewed spacecraft. There's a certain point where it becomes harder to fake it than it would to just do it. Some of the jokes about conspiracy theories are, you know, they faked the moon landings on the surface of the moon because it was easier to film there. And that is pretty much true. Everything that the moon landings did would be pretty much impossible to do without some incredible technology that essentially is easier to go to the moon. We also have moon rocks, moon rocks all over the world that have been studied by scientists all over the world. NASA was very open about making sure geologists all around the world got to do those Those rocks cannot be formed under human conditions. They have unique properties that mean they come from somewhere else. Those rocks are evidence more than anything else that people went there and brought rocks back. Okay, Francis, I think I've kind of covered the main things I was going to ask you. Is there anything else really important you think I should have put to you that I haven't yet? So a number of conspiracy theorists have said there are radiation belts around the Earth, which are true, and those radiation belts, if you spend enough time in them, could kill a human being. That is also true. And they've said that is evidence that humans could not have left 
Earth orbit and gone to the moon. That is not true. Those radiation belts would only be lethal if you spent a long time in, in them. And the astronauts in the spacecraft going at considerable speed pass through them at most in a matter of minutes, probably getting at the most the equivalent of a chest X-ray. So not something that would actually kill them. These are the kind of theories that are, again, easy to disprove. Another theory that comes up is people look at the pictures of the astronauts standing on the surface of the moon and say, well, there's a black sky behind. Why can't we see stars in those pictures? Again, this is something you can disprove at home. You could go and stand out in your street and look up at a streetlight and see if you can see any stars around that streetlight. When you take a photo of something that's very bright and those astronauts on the surface of the moon had that bright sunshine on them, you can see how brightly um, reflective they, their spacesuits were. Clearly, any stars are just going to be washed out because the camera is not going to be able to pick those up. Astronauts could see them if they went and stood in the shade and, and, and got away from that light and were able to look up, but they're not going to come up in pictures. There's another bit of footage that they did on the surface of the moon, another bit of film footage during Apollo 15, which would have been impossible to fake, pretty much even now would have been impossible to fake, that really shows where they were. Astronaut Dave Scott stood on the surface of the moon, and in one hand, he held his geology hammer, and in the other hand, he held a falcon feather, a very, very light feather. He held them at basically sort of shoulder height and dropped them at the same time on camera, and they hit the ground at the same time because there is no air on the moon. Those things were in a vacuum. They would drop at exactly the same moment, something that Galileo had predicted centuries earlier, and Dave Scott thought this would be a fun science experiment to actually show. That is impossible to fake with anything that they had in the late 60s and early 70s. It would be tough to do now. I encourage people to go find that footage. It's all over the web and you can see, there it is. People are standing on the moon. They're clearly somewhere else. That was Francis French. You can find out more about him and his work at francisfrench.com. And that's all for this episode. But do join us for episode six, when we'll be paying a visit to the lost world of Atlantis. Thanks a lot for listening. This episode was produced by Jack Bateman.